welcome to Trinity. My name is Tony Diekman, and it's my privilege today to present to you the third week in a series titled The Tender Commandments, where we've been looking at the commands God gave Moses at Mount Sinai. Not only what these commandments say, but why it is God gave these commands. And we'll see, as we've seen in previous weeks, the love of God behind these commands. We see a loving God communicating with his people. This today, we're looking at the second commandment of God's commands. It's sometimes called the name commandment. You know, names are a big deal. In fact, names are a big business in our world today. It's a multi-million dollar industry. It's called memorabilia, where people sell autographs, the names of famous individuals for sometimes big time money. The right name pays big. Names are also something we use to mark our possessions. You know, we put our names on, on like baseball gloves and on books, and we do so to claim ownership so that when we loan our books to others and we write our name on the book to tell them that this book and remind them this book isn't yours, it's on loan, and when you finish reading it, you should return it. And so I will on Monday. But names are a big deal. Ask parents. I know the time that we spent agonizing over the name, the right names of our children. When I was born, my mom gave me the middle name Maurice, a name I didn't care for. But when she remarried, the man that she married adopted me, and I took his last name. He gave me his last name, that name Deekman. But they also gave me the opportunity to change my middle name, and I jumped at the chance. And I changed my middle name to Alan, after my dad's name. Names matter. We saw that in today's text that you heard read a little bit earlier from Exodus chapter 3, where God calls Moses to go to, Israel, to Egypt and rescue the Israelites. He appears to him in this burning bush, and Moses asks him, he says, suppose they ask me who he is. He says, what name should I give them? And he says, tell them that I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God does a remarkable thing. He gives Moses and the children of Israel his name, marking a relationship. When you get somebody's name, there's a change in the relationship. And he goes on to say, not only that, he says, tell them that I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Your ancestors had a relationship with me, and now I give you my name and call you out of Egypt because I desire to have a relationship with you. And I tell you that by giving you my name. Names are a big deal. God's name is a big deal. We read that in today's commandment. Read this with me, would you? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Well, some of you may have heard it this way. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes him his name in vain. These are the two most common translations in English today. Now, when growing up, I used to think this was a command that was meant to keep me from using God's name as a swear word, as a cuss word, as profanity. You know, like when you're standing in the jewel and you stand there and somebody comes walking in and they're not wearing a face mask. And you look at them and you say, oh my, or Jesus. We're not to do that. I taught my kids, you're not to use his name that way. 
And while I believe that still, that it is not wise, it is disrespectful to use God's name as a curse word or as profane, I believe this command has more than just how, means more than how we just use his name in speech. And to help us understand that, I want to look at this Hebrew word that is translated into these two phrases, to take or to misuse. It's the Hebrew word nasah, which means to carry or to lift up. Literally, that's what it means. So you can translate it this way. You shall not carry the name of the Lord your God in vain. In vain meaning in no effect, to ill effect, to falsely carry it, to falsely represent him, to deceitfully represent him. You're not to do that. But what does it mean to carry that name? Well, scholars tell us that the keys to that answer is found in this Exodus chapter 28, where God comes to Moses and tells him that he selected Aaron and his sons to serve as priests in his tabernacle. Now, the tabernacle is this sort of like portable worship center where God instructs them to meet, to worship him, and he says that he will come and dwell with them there. And it's in that place that the priests are to serve him. And when they do, they're to wear this very specific garb. And all of these pieces have meaning. But there are a few pieces that give us some clues, they say, to this command. And the first one is this breast piece here in the middle of their chest. In Exodus 28, 15 to 21, we're told the significance and what it means. And I want to read to you verse 21. It says, there are to be 12 stones, one for each of the names of the sons of Israel, each engraved like a seal with the name of one of the tribes of the 12. And then he goes on to say in verse 29, Aaron shall carry or Nassah, the names of the sons of Israel in the breastpiece of judgment over his heart when he goes into the holy place. Literally, we're told that Aaron is to carry the names of the tribes into the presence of God, and we're told that he is to be their representative. He is to be the representative of the people to God. But that is not the only name that Aaron is carrying. There's another name. In verse 36, we read, Make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it as a seal these words, holy to the Lord. Literally, it can be translated, holy belonging to God. God is marking Aaron as his own, and Aaron is literally carrying the name of God on his forehead as he enters and leaves the tabernacle, working as a priest for the people, all of the tribes, to God and working as a priest for God to the tribes. He is a representative of the people to God and a representative of God to the people as he carries their names. Are you starting to see where I'm getting at? Let's turn to Exodus 19. God calls the children of Israel out of Egypt and he brings them to Mount Sinai. And before he gives them the commands, he tells them this. You've seen what I did in Egypt, how I carried you out, how I brought you to myself. And if you keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God is saying to the children of Israel, to the entire nation, that he has set them aside to be priests 
to be his representatives to the people wherever they go. They are to carry his name well because they are his representatives to the world. Now let's turn to Numbers chapter 6, this high priestly blessing. It's a blessing that God commands Aaron to speak over the people. And it's a blessing you've probably heard at the end of a service where it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. But there's one verse left in that chapter, and it goes like this. So they, the priest, when they speak this blessing, will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. In this blessing, God is marking them as his, claiming them as his own, calling them into the service of God, to be his representatives to the world in everything they do and everything they say. They are to carry his name well and not carry it in vain. You see where I'm getting at? But what does that mean for us today, some 4,000 years later? I know what it means for these Israelites, but what about us? Well, the Apostle Peter gives us that answer. In 1 Peter chapter 2, he writes to a group of Gentiles in what is now modern-day Turkey, and he says this, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Doesn't that sound familiar? It should. It's exactly what God said to the children of Israel at Mount Sinai and And Peter is making a direct connection to the Gentiles of his day and to us saying, we have the same command. God is calling us to be his priests in the world today. We are to be his representatives. He has set us aside, called us to this mission of declaring his name into the world. He goes on to say that you may declare his glory, that you were called out of darkness into his wonderful light. You were called out of slavery, out of Egypt, into his wonderful light. You, who called Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you are his special possession. Not because of something you've done, but because of God. Remember last week, Pastor Mark shared with us Ephesians 2, where Paul tells us that it is by grace you have been saved through faith, that it is not of yourself, it's not by works, it is a gift from God so that no one boasts, and that we are God's masterpiece, we are his special possession. God has given us this mission to share the true picture of Jesus with the world, to represent him to the world. That's what that command means for you and I today. But why does he tell us this? Well, he tells us this first because he loves us. And we see that right in the command. It says, you shall not carry the name of the Lord, meaning that you have already been marked with his name. This command is for those who carry the name of the Lord, which means you have been saved. That he has claimed you as his own, that he has marked you with the deposit of the Holy Spirit. He has claimed you as his. God loves you, and his spirit 
His name is evidence of that. And the second way we see that is that God says to us that while we were still sinners, before we ever said anything, Christ died for us. Not just for us, but for everyone. Jesus died for everyone. And in doing so, and in this command, he reveals to us the second way God reveals his love, and that is for our neighbor, those that do not know him. God has special care and concern for them. And he says to us, the way we carry his name, the way we represent him, has consequences in our world. When we represent him well, we give the world a true picture of who Jesus is, but when we do so poorly, when we carry his name in vain, we give the world a wrong picture of who he is. We bring his name into disrepute. You know, the first job I got out of college, you know, the first real job I got when I got out of college, I went to work for a trucking company in St. Louis, a company for which my dad was an executive, which probably had something to do with the reason I got the job. But I knew that when I went to work there, that there would be eyes on me, that people would be looking at me, knowing who I was, whose son I was, wondering, did I get the job because I deserved it or did I get it because I was Al's son? And so I knew that everything I did would be scrutinized. And so I spent special time making sure I did everything right. And I worked hard because I didn't want people to think those things about my dad. I didn't want to dishonor his name. I knew it would, it would dishonor me, but I didn't want to dishonor him. In the same way, God tells us that we are to represent him well because it not only reflects on us, but it reflects on him, which is why Paul says, do you not know that God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you? You who say, don't do this, don't do that, that's a sin, this is sin, you do the same things? You're blaspheming God's name, you're causing God's name to be blasphemed to be mocked, to be rejected in our world. And we've seen that, haven't we? People carrying signs proclaiming that God hates a certain people group carry his name in vain. When Jesus himself said that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. God sent his son for every man, woman, and child, every race, every nation, every gender, every life. All life is precious to God. And when we act or think or speak otherwise, we carry his name in vain. And we bring his name into disrepute. And you know what God does to those people? He sends his son into the world to die for them. He sends his son into the world to die for me. He's not under no grand illusion that I will do so perfectly. But he sent his son to die for me. And he calls me then to confess that sin and he is faithful and just and he forgives me and calls me every day into that new mercy to go and represent him well in the world in the hope that those that do not know him would come to know him. He gives each of us the opportunity to serve him as priests, to be his representatives in the world today, not in the line, the priestly line of Aaron, but in the priestly line of the true high priest, Jesus, who came into the world not to be served, but to serve. Paul tells us in Philippians 2 that being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. 
So he made himself nothing, being found in the nature of a servant, being found as a human being, he humbled himself unto death, even death on a cross. Jesus made himself lower than me to save me. Who am I to think of less than my, of my neighbor than Jesus thinks of me or them? He calls me every day to represent him in the hope that the world would see the true picture of Jesus in me. For those of you, for those of us that carry his name today, my prayer for you is that you would carry it well. That you would be reminded the reason we carry it well is not to earn his salvation, but in response to the salvation that Jesus Christ has earned for us. And to care for our neighbor. To show our neighbor the true love of God in the person of Jesus Christ. And my prayer for you today that do not know him, that are searching, that aren't sure the things that I've said are true or not, but are still kind of wondering, my prayer for you today is that you would seek him because he promises that when you seek him, you will find him when you seek him with your whole heart. Today, would you pray with me? Pray with me and ask God to reveal himself to you. Seek him. Be reminded that you are not forgotten. Let God tell you that you matter to him, that you are his special possession. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we come before you today with humility and we, we ask you in Jesus' name to strengthen us, to give us the courage and the wisdom to carry your name well. Father, we also confess to you the times that we do not do that well. And we trust in your forgiveness. Father, we thank you for the love of Jesus. Father, we also pray for our brothers and sisters in this world that do not know you, that are, are seeking answers to their questions. I pray, Father, that they would find them in you. I know they exist, and I know those people that are searching are searching for answers. Father, I pray with them this morning as they ask you to reveal yourself. Father, would you, would you reveal yourself to them? Would you make yourself known? Would you mark them with your name? Father, I pray that for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Today and always. Amen.